Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hi, I'm Susan from Safeway. Are you ready for a road trip? You can save on gas by shopping at Safeway. It's easy. Shop at Safeway and earn gas reward points. Then save up to 20 cents per gallon at participating Chevron or Texaco stations or up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations. That's right, up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations just for shopping with us. Redeem your rewards at participating Chevron, Texaco, and Safeway gas stations. Limited to 25 gallons in a single fill of other restrictions and exclusions apply. Visit store or Safeway.com for details. This is Susan from Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I am Zach Mikosh with DenverStiffs.com. You are listening on Nothing But Net Radio, part of the Dash Radio Network. Let's get the social media stuff out of the way right away. You want to follow us on Twitter at DenverStiffs. You're going to want to follow Nothing But Net Radio at NBN-Radio. You're going to check out Denver Stiffs on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs, and you're going to want to give us a follow and a like on Facebook. Also, make sure to subscribe and leave a review here for on iTunes um, for the Pickaxe Pundit Show. If you guys are catching the podcast recording of this, all right, that is done. Business is out of the way. I want to get into a uh, maybe. Well, it was it was looking like it was going to be a slow week of Nuggets news until. Until that game against Chicago. But before we bust into that, first off, let's get our co-host out of the way. We do have Mr. Gordon Gross from Colorado Spring. Gordon, what's up? Not much, man. Although I feel like maybe I need to start using some sort of radio voice. If this is how you're going to talk the whole time, (laughs) then uh, I'm going to have to bust something out. No, I was trying. Yeah, I was trying to like ham it up a bit. You know, I'm working on my skills. I wanted to... uh, you gotta get I'm that. Trying pop, to, I'm trying yeah. to make a career out of this. Broadcast voice, man. Broadcast voice. I'm trying to make enough money to eat over here on this on this gig, Gordon. That's that's what I'm going for. All ramen right, for gotta, everybody. Ramen for everybody. <laughs> Sorry, I don't even know if I can afford ramen yet, but we're working. Extra on pepper. It. We're working on. It. <laughs> Maybe put an egg in there. Yeah, oh, living it up. These are these the college days all over again. Um, all right. So this this week of of nuggets. News, like I said, it was it was supposed to be pretty slow, and then uh, Nicole Jokic, Jokic turns his that ankle. Up. Yeah, no kidding. Right, right. He steps on Jerry and Grant's foot. He turns his ankle, goes out for the game. Adrian Wojnarowski, of course, yesterday comes out with the report that Jokic will miss several games. Whatever several games means, we're not quite sure yet. We'll get into that though first. That's probably going to be the the big meat of our show is breaking down the Jokic injury and what it means. Um, I just want to get into Will Barton, man. Will Barton had a huge game um, stepping up for the Nuggets there against the Bulls, especially after Jokic went out. He kind of saved their bacon. I want to talk a little bit about Will and, and, and where he's at right now in the season and how impressive he has been. 
Uh, and then after the break, let's get into let's get into the week's worth of games. We'll break down that uh, that Bulls game a little bit. We'll break down the Jazz game, which was pretty awful to be honest. And then if we have time, um, if we have time at the end, we will try and get into a little bit about this upcoming road trip because we could preview the Lakers. But I mean, I don't know, Gordon. What do you think? You want to preview the Lakers? Not particularly. <laughs> okay, good. We're on the same page. Neither do I. Uh, so I think I think it's a little bit more interesting to talk about this big road trip that's coming up here if we get time. But that that will be the show. So let's not delay uh, and let's get into it. Nikola Jokic. So, what was it? The second quarter, third quarter, second quarter. Okay, so yeah, that's right. Because then they came out with that crazy lineup to start the second half. Right. Um. So Nicole Jokic, he's he's going to the basket. Uh, he steps on Jerry and Grant's foot, gets a pretty good turn to the ankle there. I mean, it was one of those ones where it looked, it looked pretty ninety degrees. I was afraid. Yeah, that was that did not right. look good, man. I mean, all th- all things said and done, so 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 the MRI and the X-rays both come back negative, uh, and it, and it just ends up being the you know the the report that he's going to be out several games, and and that's it. But I mean, all things considered, right? That the Nuggets kind of dodged the bullet there, didn't they? With with Jokic not really having any structural damage to that ankle. If he's only out two weeks, that's fine. Like that, I'm okay with that. I don't care what several games means. Several games could have been several dozen games. So that's right. We, we got lucky, yeah. Right. I mean, honestly, it could have been it could have been a season ender if it had been a uh, worst case scenario, though, because like I said, I mean, he turned it pretty good. Yeah. And against, you can you can tear uh, ligaments, you can break bones, you can do all sorts of nasty stuff in there. So. Right. Right. Exactly. So so the Nuggets all, all in all probably pretty lucky to get out with that as 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 minor as they do. Let me ask you this, Gordon. Who so who steps in in the rotation? I guess what do, what do you see the starting lineup um, being now that he's out? Oh God, they're gonna have a different one every game, man. Come on, you know that. <laughs> this is this is Malone's like his wet dream. Yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. Malone gets to mess around and be like, I'm gonna start two minutes of these guys, and I'm gonna swap out to some bench <laughs> guys. Then I'm gonna play somebody for 23 minutes in a row. It's gonna be awesome. Um, okay, I'll say so. But so we, let, let's let's start game one against the Lakers. Who who do you think starts at the at the at the power forward and the center position? To be honest, well, they're gonna have to give. You would think they'd have to give Mason Plumlee the start, but they could just give it to Farid at at, four, at uh, center, rather, if they wanted. Right. Like, that is possible. Against the Lakers, anyway, it's certainly possible. I don't necessarily recommend it. Um, but really, I would expect them to start Plumlee, but that means Farid has to come off the bench. Because right. even Malone has admitted that he knows that Farid and Plumlee is a terrible lineup. So since he's admitted that to the press, maybe he shouldn't start them together. Yeah, but but let me ask you this. I mean, I think I think a lot of what makes uh, Fareed and Plumlee such a bad pairing is that they're typically in the game with Emmanuel Mudiay as well, right? They're all in that bench unit, and that I think is really what compounds it because you kind of Emmanuel Mudiay is a guy who needs to be able to operate in the lane uh, to be effective, and and when you've got Fareed and, and Plumlee in. What? Well, well, he needs to be able to operate in the lane. Effect. He needs. Okay, let me let me put it this way. He <laughs> needs a wide open lane I to see be effective. Yes. Okay. Because because right because we know he's going in there one way or another. Right. Whether there's three or four guys in that lane or there's one guy, he's going in there. Um, so he needs. To, you need people to clear out that lane. Um, do you think though that that Fareed and Plumlee could survive on the court together if if it's Jamal Murray or Will Barton at the point guard position? Not Jamal Murray. Um, 
maybe if it's maybe if it's Will Barton, but Will also drives the lane, man. Like that's Will's gig mm-hmm. is to drive the lane from the three point line, uh, you know, and maybe pass it off. So th- if it's if it's gonna be Plumley, let's say they did decide to go Plumley and Fareed at you know at the four and the five. Well, your three right. then has to be Wancho because it has to be a guy who can step outside. Um, right. It can't be Chandler. Like you, uh, I don't care how his back is. It can't be Chandler. Um, yeah. And I don't expect uh, Malone to bench Chandler on his way back unless he can get away with it because of, uh, you know, claiming he needs to do it because of his back or something. Um, right. But it, it's going to cause them issues. They're going to have trouble getting enough guys who can space the floor um and i think that you'd have to then start barton and if you start barton and put uh murray next to him i guess you could put harris next to him as well um right but you're, you're gonna have to start if you're gonna put Plumley and uh farid in there i think you have to put barton at point guard and uh i'm not sure that they're willing to do that considering how bad their bench has been absent barton's contribution Right, and 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 then you're really starting to take her with because I mean Jamal Murray has started every single game at point guard, um, so if you if then now if you're moving him out, well then where do you play Moutier, you know, off that bench, and then um, who's you know where, what do you do with the shooting guard minutes? Do you do you give those to Moutier? Do you play Malik Beasley more there? So on and so forth. Generally, what you see with injuries is teams try not to, especially something like Jokic, which which isn't like like you know, it's not going to be months. It's a matter of weeks, at least. Right. I mean, I would speculate. Um, so so you try to maybe not do wholesale changes. You just try and kind of take what that one guy who's injured. You try and plug someone else into that spot who maybe wasn't even in the rotation at all. Um, and then everything else can stay the same, so everybody can maintain that consistency. The problem with the Nuggets is is, is it's hard to see um, how they would do that because they're kind of already making adjustments without Millsap in there. Now they got to try and figure out how to make this work with Jokic. And like you pointed out, I mean, with, with Plumlee and Freed, that's a tough um, that's a tough pairing to make work. And I, and I I tend to agree. I think Will Barton has pretty much got to be the guy who's. Um, Who's got to be that point guard? Because you, the thing about about Murray and Moutier that makes them passable as point guards right now is that they play with Jokic, right? And that, that Jokic really does a lot to direct the offense. Um, without him there, you're kind of depending on that. Now you're really depending on that point guard position, especially with Millsap out as well. You're really depending on that point guard position to be the playmaker, to be the the guy initiating and setting up his teammates. Well, and that's going to um, be the real problem. Like it once. Once they decided to kick Jameer to the curb before the season, you said, well, it'll be fine because we have Millsap and Jokic who can pass the ball around, and we're running a weird front court, you know, oriented passing system anyway, so who right. really needs a real point guard? Well, without either of them, you need a real point guard, and the Nuggets don't have one now. So they have right. a point guard who can't shoot and who turns the ball over a lot. They have a point guard who also can't shoot and also can't play the point. And they've got Will Barton, who's a shooting guard, who can pass some, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but it mostly he's a scorer. Like, he's a scoring point right. guard, which is fine. It's a league of scoring point guards now, so Will Barton will right. fit into that. Uh, but that's what you're that's what you're relying on, and Will is now basically your best offensive player. You better put the ball in his hands a lot and uh, hope he can right. go 38 minutes a game. Right. Yeah, yeah. Boy, that that is true. They're gonna need they're gonna need Will to play 
Will's well, gonna have to beast. If they plan to win. Will's gonna have to beast. Right. And right. none of this like eight, none of this like five for twenty four, you know, shooting stuff. Because Will every third game like can't hit the broadside of a barn. Right. Exactly. Yet he still has no problem hoisting it up there. Right. I'm he doesn't know when one. those times are because he's a shooter. So he's like, that's fine. I'll just I'll right. shoot my way out of it. Right. Which is fine, especially for a, a, a spark guy, you know, yeah, yeah. for your scoring spark off the bench. As a six um, man, it's as... fine. It's a J.R. Smith style. Right. That's what you were asking him to right. do. Yeah. Now you're asking him to basically be try and be Steph Curry for you for two weeks. Basically. Yeah, and that's and that's the tough part. Um, so let me ask you this. I mean, I really, this this injury could not come at a worse time because the Nuggets are about to go on their <laughs> longest road trip of the season um, after yeah. this Lakers game. Yeah. Does this, could they, I mean, I know it's only December, but when you start to look at it, could this, because it's such a long road trip and they're going to be without, you know, so many good players, could this possibly sink their playoff chances right here in December? Well, if they keep playing on the road like they have been, yeah. I mean, they're what, it's what, right. 9 out of 11 on the road after L.A.? Right. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe the New Orleans game at home, one of their couple of home games got easier. Because of uh, Anthony Davis just went down with a groin injury tonight. Right. Um, so uh, maybe that helps. But otherwise, like, really, there's – you're looking at what? Indiana, Detroit, Boston, OKC, Portland, Golden State. Like, it, those are exactly the kind of teams that this Nuggets team is going to struggle with. They have Utah at home, and Utah keeps kicking the crap out of them, so that's not really helpful. Right. Um, I mean, there's not a lot of easy games. It's not just that it's road games. I mean, you're talking about teams in the East that are playing very well, and we're terrible on the road, and we're terrible when we go East historically. You know, right. it's, it's it doesn't look good. Uh, I mean, you're hoping that the road's going to focus them, you know, and that the, without Jokic, they'll have to be focused. They can't be looking at, well, I'm going to go out and party in Indiana in a cornfield someplace. You know, they're going to have to buckle down. They know it. They, because they'll know it, maybe that will help their road focus, which has been terrible this year. Right? Yeah. I mean, well, and, and or like you know, necessity. Um, necessity yeah. is the, the creator of all invention. So uh, perhaps they, perhaps they, um, they, they pull it off. But because you're right, I mean, it's not. It's one thing to go on the road because I, I think so. After that Lakers game, it is one, two, three, four, five, six. A six game road trip. One game home, one game on the road, one game home, two games on the road. So they yep. play, and then they and then they finish out, uh, and then they get the Jazz at home, and then back on the road, then back at home. So I think they have what four home games now uh, after that Lakers game. Five total home games in the entire month of December, um, of which I think every single team that they play at home, the Pelicans, the T Wolves, uh, the Jazz, and then the and, and then, okay, and then the Sixers. Um, so I think the only thing a team right now, right, would be the that's not in playoff position is the Jazz. I think everybody else is. Don't they play um, the Suns too somewhere? They play the Suns. That's that's January third. Oh, okay. So, right so after, it's right after yeah. the yeah, right after New Year. Right after this month of December. Hey, they finally yeah, get exactly. a break. Yeah, just wait for January. It'll be right. great. Well, and that's the other thing about the about the road trip. You know, you probably look at this road trip at the beginning of the season, and you're like, ah, it's a long road trip. But you know, it's not so bad. Um, you know, you think, oh, they got the Pelicans, but 
Pelicans are much improved this year. Though, like you said, they're without Anthony Davis. Oh, they got the Magic. Magic are much improved this year. Oh, they got the yep. Pacers. They're much improved. The Pistons. Indiana. They're much improved. Yep. Right. I mean, I mean, all of these teams who you might have looked at at the beginning of the season were like, oh well, it won't be so bad because those are kind of some easy teams. I mean, it's not the case at all. I mean, these are all they're they're pretty much playing all playoff teams for the entire t- entire month of December, and basically they're pretty much all on the road. And so they lost I mean, like I don't know what like you know eighteen you know uh, win shares or something. Like they lost between Millsap and Jokic. Yeah. Like it's all off the court now. Right, right, yeah, and 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 because you've chosen to run such a unique system, it's hard to, as we've said, I mean, it's hard to figure out how you how you kind of, you, I mean, you can't you can't replicate what you've been doing. Like you, but that's have what we to paid. That's what we different. paid Plumley for, man. I mean, he he's getting fourteen right. million a year to be the Jokic replacement. Everyone knows that. Yeah, well. Unfortunately, he doesn't shoot forty percent for three. He thinks he does. Have you seen a couple of those? You know, whatever he's doing out there. <laughs> he doesn't shoot forty percent from ten feet away. So <laughs> that's that's what's going to be rough. But yeah, I mean, I I honestly think it. I, I I honestly believe, and I don't want to be you know the the guy who's bringing the you know bringing up the the doomsday or anything. But I honestly believe like this this team is in trouble. They are going to. Um, they're going to have an issue here because well, this is not because... this is not their only issue, man. Like th- this, I agree with you that this could kick them out the playoffs, but their end of the season schedule is also pretty terrible. Like, right, they aren't going to make up a lot of time. I believe they have a giant like road um, record at the end of the year as well. So yeah, when they're trying to catch up, like you know, if you're trying to make uh, playoff positioning. It's not favorable at the end of the year either. Like this is where you had to make hay was early and against middling theoretically teams because by the end of the year it's going to be really annoying to try to make up ground on other playoff teams that are all bunched around you. Right, and you know what? You're right, and I I was wrong. It's actually so. This is not their longest road trip. They do have one that's right. they have a seven game road trip there in March. Um, yep. Basically, right in the right in the crunch crunch uh time so so you're right i mean and, and that's what i think makes this this even worse is because is because they don't have that time um there at the end as, as you've been saying to like make up games i mean they, they they can't really afford to fall behind right now um and yet it's hard to see how they won't because with with the injuries and with the schedule it's i mean the the deck is stacked against them that is absolutely for sure. Yeah, no argument, man. Like, and it's uh, they're at least lucky that teams like Memphis, you know, going around firing coaches, you know, yeah. and, and other yeah. teams that you thought, you know, the Clippers basically are are running out like some sort of triage unit that may or may not have a heart <laughs> attack at halftime. Like, I don't know what's happening, but some of the other teams that were expected to compete with Denver for some of those late playoff spots are not there right now. So that's in Denver's favor, but they're going to have to keep it at least close in this next stretch, especially if Jokic misses anything more than like three or four games. Right. And well, and I think that's the big question mark, right? Is like how many games uh, can will he miss? If you'll remember two years ago, Danilo Gallinari um, had a bad sprained ankle. He actually ended up tearing oh, yeah. some um, some ligaments there in the in his foot. And I think. I'm trying to remember. I think he was the the, the original prognosis was four to six weeks. 
um, for his. And, and at that point you were looking at it and it was like, you know, it, it was like already February. So you're like, that pretty much is going to be, be it for him. And it was, and he missed like, you know, the full six weeks, um, at the end of the season. That being said, some of that right at the end was probably like, well, the Nuggets are way out of it. There's no reason to bring him back. Um, right. At that point. Now we know we know the MRI for Jokic came back negative. So Assuming you, they you can tend read the MRI, yes. <laughs> Which is never always one hundred percent. You never know, man. Like MRIs aren't. Uh, I used to read MRIs, man. It's not the most exact science on earth, you know. And right. so, and you're taking the MRI when there's swelling already in the foot. You know, there there's other things at play, so it, this could absolutely linger. But right now, that's why they're saying several games, and then we'll check it and see how it's going. Right, right. Look at this. Look at this medical breakdown by Doctor Gross here on the, <laughs> the Pickaxe Pundit Show, man. That's good stuff. Um, but but so you think you figure though, like the benchmark right now is at least like it should be less than four weeks, right? That, oh yeah, that would be. You'd kinda, hope, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I'm, I'm expecting right. two, but I mean, it, if the thing goes things go well, let's say maybe. Um, he'd come back at Indiana, you know, on the road okay. trip. That would be, you know, like 11, 12 days after injury. Right, right. Yeah, or if things go bad, he doesn't come back until after Christmas, until that that, uh, that jazz game, right? That maybe, would be bad. Maybe but yeah, like that, would, that would be very serious. That would sink him. The thing, I think the, I think the thing you got to look at is, is essentially – the road, so the road trip ends. I would think they'd be trying to target that Pelicans game, which is basically two weeks away. Um, you know, basically don't take him on the road for these six games, um, and then try and get him back for that first home game. That that it, it logistically might make the most sense. Would you? Um, well, yeah, but it's all just you're not trying to depends. cram a seven foot guy and his bad foot. Into you know travel and and into you know, a plane hotel rooms day, and right. planes and yeah you're not doing that no one can step on it. he's not going to fall down a flight of stairs you know right <laughs> <laughs> which which he, which he could do it at home as well we, yeah that's, are, that's true enough stairs are tricky stairs are a common enemy of us all um, but 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 it just you know it just makes I mean. Uh, they they obviously probably will not bring him on the road trip to start. Now if he if he makes improvements, they they'll fly him out to where. Yeah, that's at. what I would expect. Is that yeah they would that if he improves enough in the next week, that they would fly him to whatever city they happen to think he should be at. But I mean I you know I was suggesting you know Indiana in the middle of the road trip, but that still leaves them mm-hmm. like four games in six nights, which is unlikely with him coming off of the foot injury. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're right. Because I mean, they play the tenth, the twelfth, the thirteenth. Ridiculousness. Yeah. While on yeah. the road, while traveling to new cities. So. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I would speculate. I would. I would tentatively try and pencil them in for that that home game against the the Pelicans on the fifteenth. Yeah. When it happened, I said two weeks, and and the fifteenth would be you know like sixteen exactly days. Exactly two weeks. So yeah. yeah. So. Cool. Well. I think we'll let, let, let's let's move on from Nicole because I think we, we we covered it well. Yeah, he depresses um, me. Let's get out of that. <laughs> he's depressing. Let's go to something a little more optimistic, which we've already touched on a little bit, which is Will Barton. Um, Barton, of course, coming off a thirty-seven point outing against the Bulls, which which and and, and the game winner, um, essentially almost almost single handedly won that game. And we'll get into the Bulls game here in a little bit, but more or less, I think Will Barton pretty much. With a little, with a little help from Gary Harris, but he it was the Will Barton show. 
Yes. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, so I think we kind of got a sample of that, and, and I guess going kind of piggybacking now on the, on the Jokic being out. I mean, is Will Barton a guy that they can count on to now be their primary offensive player while Jokic is out? And can they win games with him being their primary offensive player? Well, he has to be. Like, I mean, there's no can they win games. They're not going to win games with anybody else being their primary offensive player. So it had better be Will Barton. That's very true. I mean, I can't think it, of a game where you're like, well, I'm going to need Emmanuel Moutier to put together eight straight amazing games, you know, right. and carry us with scoring and assists. Like, maybe that would happen, but I, I sure wouldn't make that the game plan. So the game plan has to be <clears throat> for Barton to get a ton of, uh, of time, for the ball to be in his hands a lot, for him to create, for him to shoot, for him to score, and for everyone to pray. Like, that's pretty much where we're going to be at for the next couple of weeks. And for everyone to pray, yes, that is <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you could look at it like I mean, if you had more consistency out of a guy like Jamal Murray, um, he, you could he maybe can't shoot turn at to all him. right now, man. Like it's in his head because he's such a great shooter in practice right. that it's game time is in his head, and he is just bricktastic in in right. ball games. He's okay going to the rim, but he is he is abominable at what he should be great at, which is outside shooting. So it's right. just a mental and you thing. know it's, I was saying, and you know it's a mental thing too because the ones he struggles with the most are generally the ones that are wide, wide open. Wide open, wide open. Right. Step into it, nice, easy, free, and he clanks it by two feet. Yep, yeah, which is which, which is weird because Jamal's uh, Jamal's generally, I mean, I, w- I would think is uh, is got some decent mental toughness, but oh yeah, no, I and not, I, I would expect him to come out of it shooting. every game. I expect him to come out of it, but he's not coming out of it. Right. So I don't know if there's a mechanical flaw that I'm not seeing. You know, if he's doing something um, during games that he shouldn't be, but he's it's just not uh, working for him. So I can't count on him to keep it together for that many games. Moutier, like I said, you can't. Um, Wilson Chandler's been been Chandler's been pretty abysmal. Yeah, he's been and he's hurt. He's been, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's the other thing is that you can't put it on Wilson Chandler because he's just coming off the bench with a back injury. Mm-hmm. You know, Farid mm-hmm. can't create on his own. Um, Harris has a good handle now. He's a much better handle, but I still wouldn't call him a creator for himself. Right, right. Or not, or or others for that matter. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's had Harris some nice assist is... games, but I wouldn't consider that to be off of his personal creation. Right, right. It's almost like the hockey assists where where he he might cut on something and then the defense rotates over to him or collapses right. on him and then that leaves another and guy. And he throws it open to the three and the guy makes it and it's good, but it wasn't something that, right. that Harris was trying to do. Right, he's just making the correct read uh, yeah. through the flow of the play. And I mean, I mean, he's he's been one of the more consistent guys on offense for the team. Absolutely. Um but, but but yeah, I, I agree. I, I just don't see him as as a creator, at least at this point, um, well, that you can lean on, especially right. to 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 be your guy. You well, know? especially Harris is one of his great strengths. Um, is also somewhat of a limiter in that he's a very smart player and he plays within himself. Um, right. You can't play within yourself if you need to jack up twenty five shots a game because no one else is going to do it. Will Barton is fearless and could not right. care less. If it misses or if it goes in, he's going to keep shooting. Whereas Harris is like, well, I have been missing, so I'm not going to take any shots this quarter, and I'm going to pass the ball like a good player. Like, I realize I don't have right. it. I'm going to go into halftime. I'm going to take my halftime shots, regroup, see if I find my shot in the second half. It, Barton's a shooter, and I don't consider Harris to be a, 
he he's not a shooter that way. That's not what he does. He does not shoot himself out of slumps. Right. Let me ask you this: Do you think uh, if you're just going to judge on raw or, or overall talent, who's the better player right now, Will Barton or Gary Harris? Um, all around, I would go with all around. Ah, see, that's tough. Um, because Will Barton does some things on defense that make me cry a little inside. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's been better this year. Yes, though. he has. Well, so is Gary Harris, though. Like the scheme yeah, was better true. until Malone decided to mess it up. I was say, say low bar to clear, right? Right, yeah. For, if we're comparing to last year, but yeah, yeah. Well, compared to the 29th defense in the league, they've been a little better. Um, I would probably still go with Will just because he can make his own shot, and it's not something mm-hmm. that Gary does. You know, Will Barton can carry the bench scoring, whereas I don't ex- uh, consider Gary Harris to be in that same mold. If I put Gary Harris on the bench in Will Barton's place, Will Barton could do what right. Gary Harris does on next to Jokic. And I'm not sure yeah. that Gary Harris could do what Will Barton does without Jokic. Right. Well, I, I, I think he I think he can't. I, I, I tend to agree 100%. I think Will Barton is the overall player. The, the thing I'm really – or the better overall player, what I think is I'm really excited about it, about this Jokic injury is, is, as we said, we kind of get to see how Will gets to pee as the, as the number one guy. And, I mean, he's had – it was, what, two seasons ago, kind of at the beginning of the year, he kind of saved them a lot. Very um, much. I expect. I'm you know, hoping was, that happens again because they need it. But yeah, Will was going off early in the year when no one else could do anything. Right when they were when they really hadn't even Jokic was kind of not really on their radar yet, and they were pretty much depending on Danilo Gallinari to be their yep. uh, their primary scoring option, and then and then Will ended up coming out of nowhere and, and being this great guy. So I think I think we've seen him be able to step up in that role, but I don't think he's ever been quite as in the spotlight as he's going to be right now. Like, I don't think he's, we've never really looked at him as like, Hey, this is, yep. That's the guy we're going to go with. He's our number one offensive option right now. Like, I I don't think it's ever And I'm fascinated to see what happens when defense is key on him. When, when all of a sudden, when the game plan is get in Will Barton's face and throw two or three dudes at him and see what happens. Like he's never been in that position because when it's a bench, you're just running your bench unit against their bench unit, and then when Will goes off, you're like, well, that's how it goes. You know, when Will's a starter, when Will's facing off against everybody else's starters, and when the rest of Will's starters are not up to par, um, comparatively for scoring purposes, you know, the offense is going to run through the guy who can put points on the board, and all they're going to have to do is shut down Will Barton. And I'm curious to see what happens when teams try to do that. Yeah, that's a great point. That's going to be interesting and, and, and curious to see how he responds to basically facing that type of attention for the first time. Um, I'm optimistic, though. You know what? I think, I mean, I'm, I'm, let me rephrase, I'm not optimistic about the Nuggets' chances to win many games on this road trip, that's for sure. But um, I'm optimistic about Will's individual performance. I think he might, I, I think he's going to have a chance here to really show, hey, um, Essentially, hey, I'm worth paying starter money here in the off season. Hey, you should have um, paid me be... uh, Plumlee's contract, then that would have been fine. Yeah, true, man. I think I'm. I, I'll almost think at this point, if you could get if you could get Will for Plumlee's contract, that's a pretty big steal. It is. Uh, I expect him to go for something more like um, Gary's contract, and if he comes right. in next less than like sixteen, seventeen million dollars a year, I'd be pretty surprised. I would be surprised as well. Let me ask you this, though. Do you, so, do you? Th- I mean, how hard do the Nuggets go after him then in the off season? Should they? Um, they should they really? But the, well, I'm just saying this off season. Do you think they should they throw around a sixteen, seventeen million dollar contract? They don't for Will have it, man. Like for what they have to do, uh, the way that they would have that is to trade Jamal Murray, or to pay the tags. 
that's so. Like I said, the way they would have that is to trade Jamal Murray so they don't have to give him his extension. Because otherwise, they're yeah. not going to have the cash. Um, not with. Uh, they'd have to move Fareed. They'd have to move Plumlee. They would have to do a couple of other things um, to keep to get well his cash and uh, still fill out the rest of the roster. So right. I mean, I'm thinking about like so. So you could sign well because right. Jamal's got still another year. Um, Still another two more years yeah. before you got to pay him. Um, so you would you could you would essentially well, you could do it. You know you know how you can do it. You just decline that team option for thirty million dollars on Paul Millsap, and suddenly you have money to pay Jamal Murray and his extension or not his extension. You'd have to. Here's what you'd have to do. You'd have to let. You'd have to decline the team option on Paul Millsap, and then you'd have to let Jamal Murray hit restricted free agency. Yes. Roll the dice with what somebody else wants to pay him. Um, and then match it, which means you might end up overpaying him. But you'd have the money to do it because you could take Paul Millsap off the books, which may not be the right way to go, though. So that's well, it, it, it is possible. Really like they have, they have moves they can make. It just uh, re-signing Will Barton will scramble their uh, their finances. They would have been fine. Again, this is another one of those goes back to the summer and what were you planning on? You know, with guys right. like Plumley, if they given Plumley the qualifying offer then you would have cash this offseason to sign Barton. But right. they didn't do that. And now um, it looks like in a, in a league where, you know, Mark Gasol may be available, it's going to be harder to move that contract for Mason Plumlee. Yeah, no. <laughs> Boy, it, it was already so hard. Already, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, here's the thing. If you pay, if you pay Will Barton... Um, this off season, if you decide to just yeah, just go you're, ahead and do that and do make it, yeah. it figured out, right? You you're kind of setting yourself on a course at that point, then, which is basically like your course is okay. I'm gonna have to decide: do I want to re up Jamal Murray, do or do I want to you know take that team option on Paul Millsap? You're pretty much if you're if you're paying paying Will Barton, you're pretty much saying okay, we're gonna let Emmanuel Mudiay uh, kind of run his deal out, and then he's gonna be done, right? Um, and you're praying, you're praying that Wancho and Malik don't end up having big jumps and, and costing a bunch of money. As well, well, Malik won't because Malik's Malik's time. Maybe. Well, but Malik's time is would come on the court where Barton's time is now. Like right now, Malik is in the situation that Barton was in in Portland, where he can't get court right. time, so you don't know actually how good he could be. You know, nobody knew that Barton right. could do this until he came here and got 25 minutes a night. Right. Um, it, I'd be curious to see what Malik Beasley would do with 25 minutes a night for 50 games. Um, but it's not going to happen here. Uh, if you let Moutier go and you just made Will Barton your point guard, for instance, mm-hmm. um, because that's really what they what what you would have to do. If you're gonna pl- if you're gonna play well, he's got to be able to be your um your point guard at that point. He can he can play shooting right. guard some. He can play a little bit of small forward, but really he's the guy who's going to handle the ball and distribute and take care of things. Um, he's shown glimpses of that. This is a really interesting audition for him for the next two weeks. Even though he doesn't have the two best players that Denver has to work with, it's an interesting audition to say, "Look, man, the ball's in your hands. Make decisions. Score the ball. You know, be a scoring point guard for us, and uh, show me what you got." Because that's that's going to be his. That would be his role with the team uh, going forward. It would have to be like that's what they would need right. from him. Yeah, you you'd kind of think okay, so if they if they did that, then maybe maybe they like sign a veteran point guard who can come in and play like twelve minutes, you know, 
um, just to kind of make the rotations. Just bring up Monte Morris. It'll be fine. Yeah, or or no, yeah, actually, you know, honestly, that 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 would actually would not be a bad idea at all. Well, he'd be he'd be dirt Morris. cheap. I mean, the, the reason that you would do right. it is that one, he takes care of the ball. You would you would hope that he grows as a player over the next year, and two, right. he costs you basically nothing. Now he's on a second right. he's on a um uh, a second round contract, so they'd have Two to way. they yeah well yeah but I mean they drafted him a second round, so right so they'd have to pay him they'd have to pay him they, earlier he doesn't he's get the not, he's not yet. on the rookie scale right. right yeah so but if you got that no. if you got the extension in early he's still gonna be really dirt cheap yeah no doubt and and especially if you're you're paying him just based off some D league performances right. you're probably actually gonna sign him for the veteran minimum um similar to the I mean Jokic is on that contract right now right. so. Um, you can, um, you, yeah, you can make it. And you know, the nice thing about Monty Morris is it will re- realistically, the only thing about Monty Morris, you just got to know is, Hey, is, is this shooting that he's doing right now? Is it real? If um, the shooting's real. If it, yeah. If it's real, then, then he's, then he's an <laughs> NBA player. You know, that's, yeah, that's all there is to it. Um, you don't know that though. And, and, and playing in the G league versus playing in the NBA are two different things. It's, it, yeah. Well, they um, actually play defense. I've heard in the NBA, not necessarily the nuggets, <laughs> but other teams. <laughs> I say, well, it's a, Hey, actually, you know, the nuggets haven't been bad defensively this year. Uh, I don't um, know. I watched the Houston. Just game. not, I was like, just not, yeah, well, nobody's good defensively against Houston. Um, and the Nuggets haven't been good defensively as of a late since Millsap's been out. Yeah, been yeah, no, it's they they messed up their rotations. Bad. I mean, Malone admitted that he panicked when Millsap went out, screwed up everything right. on defense, and they're still trying to find out what they're supposed to be doing without Paul around. Right. Hey, they played good defense against Memphis. You know. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I say they locked up. Um, God, I can't even think of players on Memphis other than Marcus Gasol. <laughs> But they locked those guys up. Whatever and, guys uh, happened to play for Memphis, those guys were locked. <laughs> they were shut down. They're shut down so bad, team. I can't remember their names. Shut down so bad, they got their coach fired. Right? That's how. Well, I think their coach got go. himself fired, but yeah, that's a different problem. Yeah, that's. this is not a Grizzlies podcast, so we'll let them. We'll let that we'll go. We'll let the guys over at Grizzly Bear Blues cover that. Um, all right, tell you what, let's go ahead, let's hit a break. Uh, and then then let's come back, let's let's get into some the, the dreary week that was. Because even, even that Bulls game, I mean, they win, but it almost feels like a loss. Uh, I, um, I really still feel like it was a loss. I keep checking the, yeah, I keep checking the right, scoreboard. Right. You keep thinking that, you keep thinking that last shot by Barton actually rolled off the rim and didn't go down. They were that close, or Fareed, yeah. Maybe, maybe Fareed actually did get a hand on it. It was offensive interference. Yeah. Um, but let's I want let's let's get into it. Let's we'll get into that Jazz game. We'll get into that Chicago Bulls game, um, and then we might have a little bit of time. We're gonna be close, but we might have a little bit of time there um, to, to kind of get into this road trip a little bit more. Other than I mean, we've already kind of covered a little bit, but we'll, we'll try and break down a little more. So let's go ahead and take a break, and we'll be right back. been there when the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest that's when disaster strikes the last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business maybe your light suddenly won't turn on or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling heck maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new ac unit whatever your need may be give sun electrical a call They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, 
but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate. And he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. Welcome back into the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I am, hold on, wait, I want to explain. I am Zach Nikos from <laughs> that's, that, right. that, that's your radio announcing voice. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> You're going to, like a 70s oldie station is what I need you on. If you want to hear the podcast, you can hear it on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. No. Um, <laughs> I should maybe I should try you know I could I mean you know what I should try I can I can try and be the next guy who's the PA announcer over there at the uh, at the Pepsi Center you know I can do a, I can do a pretty good yeah yeah so. exactly You're gonna, yeah but that's more <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage but yeah that's that, that works too <laughs> whatever whatever you need to pull man. <laughs> Uh, you know what? You know what? PA announcer, WWE superstar. I'll it's, take it. It's pretty close, one. actually. I'm fine it's with it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Each are equally as good. Um, all right. So we got we got of course Gordon Gross from Colorado Springs down there joining us tonight. Uh, we spent the first half of the show talking about Nicole Jokic and the injury and what the hell the Nuggets are going to do, um, and then basically begging Will Barton to be our savior for the next two weeks. And now I want to get into, as we do every week, try and get into the, kind of go back over the games that they, they played um, that they played the previous week. Pretty rough ones. Uh, we had last week when we were on the show, we was on with Adam. We were just coming off that big win against Memphis, and and despite a a, a subpar road trip right before that, I, I think spirits were a little bit higher. Um, this week it's it's tough because like we were saying, even the, even that Bulls game that you win, um, it almost feels like a loss. Uh, but before we get into that, let's get into this jazz game. Uh, I mean, Gordon, what happened, man? I mean, it was like they were just completely, completely manhandled. They were completely just outclassed, pretty much from and the tip. outcoached. Yes, they. And ooh. look, man, Denver's Denver's charm and soft on the road. They are just it is they are. bad. Um, but they also get outcoached, like on the regular. Like they, that happens. And uh, Adam was talking about. You know, uh, Quinn Snyder being a smart coach um, who makes good adjustments right. and can put together a you know a game film plan on short notice, and that's great. Malone is also smart, but he doesn't do that. Like we don't, the Nuggets don't attack anybody at their weaknesses, and they don't game plan to take stuff away from people. The Nuggets tend to say, well, if we just do what we do, everything will be fine, right. uh, which works sometimes. Like that works when we're doing well but we don't have a plan b the nuggets are not good at plan b and they're they're not necessarily good at halftime adjustments either they've had a couple of games where they came out after halftime and blew some guys out but a lot of the time right. you see the same problem especially that happened in in utah where i mean they had they had kept it close even though they were terrible in the first half and they came out at halftime and got blown out 
Right. You know, uh, Quinn Snyder had his guys get up into the Nuggets and disrupt them, and the Nuggets had 48 minutes of no answers. And some of that at right. some point has to be on Malone, that he does not respond well when teams come up and, and challenge our A plan. And right, and that, that seems to good. almost be like the book, right? Yeah. That's almost like the book against the Nuggets at this point is, hey, if you apply a lot of defensive pressure, especially on their young point guards, um, and you kind of break, bust up their rhythm a bit, they, they just don't know how to respond. I mean, and, and they get they, – they, <laughs> They get into this mode where it's like it's like they they keep moving the ball, they keep swinging the ball around, but nobody knows really what to do with it when it's in their hands. And then okay, no. I'll swing it, you know, I'll swing it and keep swinging it around the perimeter, and then then it's down to like five seconds on the shot clock, and somebody takes some off balance, falling away three pointer. Yeah, they right. they don't they don't act like they have a plan. They don't act like I mean I know that Malone gets scouting reports and they implement ideas and. You know, they have um, certain keys to the game, but I don't know that any of that is ever laid out specifically because they never act like it is. They act like right. they are principles. They're like, well, you're going to want to attack this team this way. Okay, but how exactly should I do that? Should somebody cut? Am I passing to someone? Like, am I supposed to drive the guy and then dish? Like, what? what is our plan? And they all look at each other on the court like they've never heard a game plan. Or how to attack a team that doesn't have a shot blocking center anymore, like right. you know, you take out the the number one you know defensive center in the league, and say, okay, what would you guys like to do? You would think the answer would be get your ass to the rack, get into the lane, right? And they did not do that, but they certainly let other people get to the lane on them, no problem. Right. Well, they. I mean, we did get. I mean, I will say this: we did get some shades of like vintage Derek Favors. That is um, very true. In that game, that is you very know, true. He was, but I still wouldn't call he, Derek he, Favors a shot blocker. Like, I mean, that's not no. his gig. He had three block shots in that game. I though. know, but that's he, not uh, his gig. He, right. No, it's well, not anymore. I mean, he was he was a much better um, shot blocker before he got uh, he dealt with all the knee injuries, and, and I think he. Um, just not as as explosive athletically, which which hurts him. But he's you know classically, Derek Favors is a guy who's actually played very well um, against the Nuggets in general. Well, everyone and, and on Utah plays so well against the and, Nuggets. Come on, man! Right, like right. Well, and that and this, so that was like was just so annoying thing though is, is like like almost like you said like they can't follow a, a game plan. Well, like like Jonas Yurebko is not going to hurt you pretty much. Except for from one place, yes. and that's a, that's if you let him shoot threes in the corner wide open, and then, and then they let him do that. That's what they did all game. Exactly, and it's it's just so frustrating because it's like, guys, come on, like you you know you can't do that, and he's killing you, um, and they they just and and then they just don't know how to just. I mean, Royce O'Neal was was knocking down threes on him. Like that's that's another guy who's pretty much. I mean, how do you how do you let Royce O'Neal? Um, well, at some point, I would it. say it's luck, man. Like, at some point, you're like, oh, it's luck. But <clears throat> when it keeps happening to you, it's not luck. It's right. you. Like, you know, what's that? It, You know, if you run into, you know, an asshole once, you're, you know, you run into an asshole. If you run into them all day, then it's you. Well, that's it. It's right. us. We run into great three-point shooters all the time on the road. It's not them. It's us. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, and it's – and I, I just don't know what they do. I mean, I don't know – it's and Mason Plumley had some comments after the game. And yes, maybe, he and maybe did. He's right, you know. Maybe it's maybe it's a, just a lack of accountability among the players. Well, yeah, and he um, says it's the players, and uh, and he, that may well be true, but that's still a front office problem 
because they're the ones who said everybody who's under 22 should lead this team because every vet over 22 doesn't know how to talk. Like, right. you know, it's nothing against Darrell Arthur or Wilson Chandler, but they're not speakers. And Barton is no. still more of a, I'm going to get on the court and play, than he is a, you know, a locker room talker. I mean, the guy who talked was Jameer Nelson. That was the right. locker room guy. Everybody right. said it. Everybody said he was the locker room leader because he's the guy that spoke. He knew what to do. He knew what to say. Right. And he played. And that's the, that's where you why you can't have a locker yes. room leader who is a Mike Miller or a Richard Jefferson. Correct. Because, you know, those guys are those guys are essentially just coaches with with a jersey. Right. They've got to get on the so court. So they're, they're, they're the same thing. Right. Yeah. It's got to be it's got to be one of your peers. And while those guys technically are, I don't think it feels quite that way, especially to probably some of those younger guys. Right. Um, what again, again uh, Jokic still talks to Jameer almost every day, he says. Right. Like right. he's still calling out because that's his leader. That's the guy that, you know, helped him out in the moment. And that's what he's looking for. And I don't blame him for that. You know, Jokic, I think Jokic's dad said that he was, you know, Jokic is going to take several years to become a good leader. You know, he's 22 years old. Yeah, he's, right? he's I mean, a baby. The idea or 21, that, right? Yeah. yeah like, the idea that you're giving the leadership of your team to that guy, especially when two years ago you didn't know who he was. Uh, and last year you spent all your time telling me that he wasn't as great as we thought he was. Right. You know, you're not exactly preparing him for a leadership role when you're doing that stuff. Um, what? Well, I would say, and it's just—I mean—and it's just the fact of the matter. Like you're asking a 21-year-old to be a leader of a 100% performance-based, multi-million-dollar corporation. Yep. I mean, at the at the end of the day, that's what it is. This is the only sport. Professional sports is the only walk of life where that would happen. And it's like, is why as much as we want to try and desensitize it, or or try and and. and act like it's not the real world. These are still real people. This is still a human being. This is still a 21-year-old kid. Like, you, you you can't be disappointed. I mean, some some don't get me wrong. Some guys can step up at that age and do it. But if they can't, that's not a, that's not a criticism against them. That's Correct. just par for the course. Well, and back in the day, people used to stay in college. Like, back in the day, Straight you true. know, guys were right. in college until 21, 22. You know, you talk right. about, uh, uh, who was it? Was it Matumbo came out at like 24, 25? You yep. know, uh, you, they had more life experience. They had done more things. They led their own college teams, at least, before they got to the pros. Right. You know, right now, you are you asked a guy who didn't do any college in Moutier, you know, um, and was not the leader of his Chinese team, obviously, um, right. to come over and be the leader of your team at 19. And he couldn't do it, and it's not necessarily on him that he couldn't do it. So then what you do is you draft another 19-year-old point guard in Jamal Murray, who also was not the leader of his team in college, right. and then you ask him to come in and do that for you again. Then you have Jokic, you know, who was not the leader of his team um, overseas for by any means, because that's not right. how they rule in in the Euro League. Like you don't lead when no, you're that young. That your elders right. lead, and you shut up and you do what the coaches say and you do what your elders say. Right. You know, and so he did that for a couple of years, um, and then he came over here. You know, and then over here he was like fifth man on the totem pole. So the Nuggets haven't either prepared anybody or built any long-term like player leadership onto the team, um, and it's biting them now. And, and Plumlee's admitting it. You know, that's that's just the way that it's going. There's I don't know what they can do about it at this point, but when you're when you plan for all of your leaders to be under 22, then these are the things that happen. So they just have to ride it out. 
Yeah, exactly. No, I, I agree 100. percent Like it, it is, you know, it's it's the bed that they have made. Yep. And now they got to sleep in it. All right, let's get into the Bulls game here because now we're we're looking like we might not actually have time for this uh, <laughs> preview the road trip. It's always the case when, when you invited me on. You got what you got to be asked right. for, man. That's how I got it. All right, so this win against Chicago. Yeah. Um, we covered the Will Barton and the Gary Harris part. I, I kind of want to cover the negative of it, to be honestly. Like, how, I mean, how alarming is it, especially that first quarter? Because they just got that I first mean, they quarter got, was terrible. Right. It, it, it's, it's, it, to me, it just smacked of a young team looking at one of the worst teams coming into their house. You know, they just came off the road trip. Now they're back at home, they're comfortable. And they just looked like they came out to the game and they just weren't prepared to play, Yes, to be honest with you. No, I, I agree with you. It, the Bulls weren't doing anything special. The team was just you – know, they brought that road softness home with them for once. They weren't prepared. Um, you you saw exactly what – it's not like the Bulls weren't doing anything difficult. The Bulls were like, oh, hey, I'm going to jog into the lane. And the Nuggets were like, okay. Uh, so then right. the Bulls were like, well, I guess I'm going to shoot. And the Nuggets were like, okay. Like they didn't try to stop anybody. They didn't put a bot in anybody. They didn't try to press anybody. They didn't get up into anybody. They just sat there and said, what are you going to do? And they let the Bulls dictate the game, and the Bulls made mm-hmm. some shots, and that made it really, really difficult. Right. They they let a guy like Paul Zipser, who I didn't even know Paul Zipser was in the league. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's like one of those guys. It's funny when you watch the Bulls, you're, there's like there's like a handful of guys out there, and you're like, I've never heard of this guy ever at any point. Um, but but there you go, another guy just like just like they let Jonas Rebko do the same right. thing. This guy Paul Zipser, you know, he's, he he's does not what he wants. A he, great NBA player, yeah. right? But if if you leave him wide open at the three point line, he's gonna probably make those shots. He's still a professional. Um, he's still a professional basketball player. Well, and, uh, yeah, and that's the thing. Like like I said, what what Quinn Snyder does to us is take away what we want to do, and we don't have a plan B. We don't ever take away what some other team wants to do. We just let them right. do it so that they can give us the ball back so we can try to do what we want to do. Right. And then when we can't do what we want to do, we have no idea what to do at that point. It's a it's a weird right. – the Nuggets are in a very strange place with that. They are, and I think I think at some, in some ways it, it's, it's – and what sucks about these injuries now is it's going to take them even longer to figure it out. Yeah. Because I think I think a lot of it was at this point is they they're not quite sure how to take something away from other teams yet. Like they're still trying to figure out how to make this whole new kind of defensive thing work, especially with Millsap. And it looked like they were starting to turn a corner, um, and then he gets hurt. You know, it, it it reminds me a lot of on defense. It reminds me a lot of, of of how they were last year, where they had this great thing going with Jokic that they weren't quite sure what they had um, right at first, and then once they far, started figuring out, and once they finally got into that rhythm, uh, then then it was it was gangbusters. Um, I feel like it's kind of it was headed that way on defense as well. They weren't quite sure how to make Millsap and make it all work, um, but they were getting there, and then once they figured it out that they they were going to be fine. Um, now, now you're like, well, hopefully they figure it out before the playoffs, if they're even in the playoffs. Uh, right. Well, and that's going to be their trouble is what they're going to have to do is get Jokic back and then get familiar again with Jokic. And then they're going to have to get Millsap back and get familiar again with Millsap. You know, it, it, they're not setting themselves up to be able to be a basketball team that plays in rhythm. And they've already shown us that they're a basketball team that plays terribly when they're out of rhythm. So right. they're in for a bit of a struggle. So it's, it's going to be a really, really interesting road trip. 
to see if they can find some rhythm without either of those two guys on either for either offensive rhythm or defensive rhythm. Right. All right. Let's 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 bust into this. We got we got a couple. We got like and yeah, n- never mind. We don't. We have no time <laughs> left. Let me ask you this, Gordon. Just give me just give me real quick. Um, on the road trip, the six game road trip. What's your record that they're gonna that the Nuggets will have? Two and four. Two and four. I tend. To, ooh, I might go one and five. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! I thought I I thought I'd be the low man at two and four, but yeah, you're feeling that too, huh? Yeah. It's well, well. A, they're awful on the road. Two, they're playing some good teams. Yeah. It starts out. It starts out a little soft with 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 the Mavericks, and then obviously with the with the Pelicans. You, you would assume maybe Sands Anthony Davis. That um, though, you never know. Even when the Pelicans, they're one of those teams too. Though, like if they lose Anthony Davis, it almost makes them in some ways more effective because now it's just like, all right, well, we're just going to run everything through Cousins and. Well, and if and the Nuggets had no go. one to stop Cousins before, they really have no one to stop Cousins now. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> they barely have. I mean, Mason Plumlee's the only guy who's even got the size to play. Right. Them. What do you do? Put Darrell uh, Arthur on him? Come on. Yeah, exactly. Or Fareed or you know Trey Lyles. I mean, yeah, they, they, there's no good answer there. So I, I, I tend to agree. Probably, probably two and four, maybe even one and five. Um, for me, I think it's gonna be. If, I think, if they if they pull out a three and three on this road trip, it is a giant victory. It's a huge. Nobody complains. Yeah. Right. Right. But uh, I guess what we're saying is strap in, Nuggets fans, because it's probably not going to work out that way. Hold on. Hope Uh, it's just two weeks for Nikola and that we can get back on a winning streak right after that. Right, right. And don't freak out just yet. It is still just December. It is. All right, so I think that is that is pretty much we are out of time. So um, I hope Gordon we depressed everybody. At... I hope it's great. Like... <laughs> right. It was. It was a very depressing <laughs> podcast or show. Show depressing show. Sorry, sorry. Hopefully, hopefully none of the the Dash Radio overlords are listening. Um, anyways, uh, you guys are going to follow us uh, on Twitter. I am at Zach Mikosh. Gordon is at G Money Nugs. No dollar sign. Uh, the, we are of course at Denver Stiffs and at NBN Dash Radio, and like I said at the beginning of the show on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs. Follow us, like us on Facebook. We'll do some warm up videos here for this Lakers game, um, which is coming up here just later tonight. Uh, I'm about to head on down there right now, so um, go go check that out. And Gordon, appreciate you being on, man. Great video, man. Let's do it again later. Alrighty, and we will talk to everybody next week.
time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.